Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. This is outtakes from my recent conversation with John Newman on his show about the National Gym. It is imminent. I'm on record as saying I think it'll be the best one ever. It's aspirational for me. Every show I go to is great. And so I don't really evaluate which one was the best. I'm not really there to make money. I like to have a sustainable hobby, but when I'm in the dollar boxes, it, it may be more successful show if I don't bring so many cards home. Either way, it's fun just to sit there and visit with some of my friends, including John. So we'll probably do some dollar box stuff together this year at the National. So that's what this is about. Thanks, sponsors, Top Spinini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hugging the Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. You've seen ups and downs through the years. I don't think the sky's falling, but I will say this. Using the restaurant analogy, the world doesn't need another restaurant unless it's really an interesting restaurant. That's what's happening with cards. Cards are like restaurants. There's different segments of the industry. Some of them are like really expensive, fancy restaurants. And some are like mid-priced, really good restaurants. And some of them are fast food. When you have economic conditions change, any of those, I'm just using three segments of fast food and regular priced and then ultra expensive stuff. The ultra expensive, to me, that's gambling. You're paying an awful lot of money hoping that it's going to keep going up and you're already dealing with prices in some cases that are equal to a car or a house. And so the mid-price stuff, it's chucking along. I don't know that it's way up or way down. If it is down, it's down because it went up. But in the lower price stuff, I don't even know that's affected. It's just not discussed. But when I see my selling on eBay and Com C, it's not affected that much. But it's not as expensive cards. But if I were buying $100,000 cards, I'd lose some sleep. And I don't want to lose sleep. I don't begrudge those who do it, but they just need to know it could go down $100,000. It could go $90,000 down. Now, it could double also on the upside. But that's not the kind of investments I like to make. I have cards that are expensive and I'm holding on to them. It doesn't matter what my basis is. I have it. And if I sold it right now, I'd get X, which is a lot more than what I paid for, obviously. I don't see it as one thing, John. I see it as like restaurants. And it could be economic conditions where the bad restaurants have trouble or the good restaurants or the fast food ones. It's just the competition in the category. And the problem with some of these goat and glamour cards they're creating new ones, the Logo Man stuff. There's another group of them this year. There's always the chase for the current thing. So the universe is expanding of these very expensive restaurants. And there need to be enough dollars to service them all, or there are going to be too many nice restaurants. That doesn't mean all restaurants are doing bad. It might mean that very expensive Italian restaurants. <laughs> There's too many of those. Do you think people are more concerned what the cards are worth today or when you were doing price guides? It's the same philosophy. A lot of people don't admit it. People who are getting a magazine, and I know we had great articles and art and all that stuff, but these people who are getting a subscription to the magazine and pouring over it to see what went up and went down, but then they want to say, I'm not in it for the money, or I don't care about the pricing. No, everybody should care, but if you take it too far and think, I'm going to put all my investments in this, I think that's not prudent. So I think it's very similar to what it was. It seems like more because the expensive cards now are way more expensive than they would have been so much more. It's crazy. 
Yeah, everyone else, oh, I don't collect because of the monetary value. But then when they pull something good, the first question they ask, hey, what's this worth? I always tend to go into the National Dr. Jim with the goal of acquiring one or two cards for my PC, which is Hall of Fame graded rookie cards. Do you have cards that are still on your target list? Do you have goals on that sort of level? Or have you really checked a lot of those boxes? Let me say both ways. Number one, I'm not interested in buying those kind of cards. And number two, I'm not interested in selling those kind of cards. So I've completely excised that from my national experience. Because if I was doing that too, it would take away from time of connecting with people I haven't seen for a long time, as well as working the dollar boxes. And the dollar boxes are self-preservation that I get to sit in a chair for some hours to just chew the fat with somebody and look through cards. I'm not wearing out any leather. Like I said, I've had people just sit down and look at cards and visit. But if I were going around looking at all the showcases, which I used to do, but more in the price guide thing, that would be a different kind of exhaustion, John. So I just draw the line and said, I don't want to buy them and I'm not going to sell them. And if I look really closely, I'm thinking, mm, I got that card. <laughs> Maybe. And so the question is, would I rather have the money or the card, except for my 1% a month, which I'm actually following through on that. And the national, sometimes there's subtraction by addition. In other words, if I buy stuff at the national, and when I take it home, I don't really need that. That is stuff that sweetens up my eBay lots. And so that I have happy customers that do repeat business because the additional cards that I put in the lots are good. So someone buys something off eBay or ComC from you, when they get the package, the cards, ComC ships it for you. So that kind of adds. But eBay, where you have to ship the card, Will the person who receives that package know they just bought a card off of Dr. James Beckett? I hope not. I hope not. I want them to just buy the cards because it seems like a good deal. And then I want them to be happy when they open the package and say, this was as described and this is a five-star seller or whatever. I get too many questions as it is. I have trouble keeping track. And so I don't need eBay and ComC to be asking me questions about specific cards or why something was priced a certain way. It is what it is. And people have been pretty good about that. There's some people that do know, but I'm trying to keep it simple. When you're walking the floor to national and like stopping in front of a dealer's table, it's more to talk to that person because you know them than, hey, I'm looking for this card type of deal. It is absolutely not about looking for any card. Again, Rich remembers the days more than 15 years ago where that's all I did. And it wasn't looking for me as much as type cards, interesting cards that would broaden our various catalogs and almanacs. And it was in all the sports. And that was a lot of fun. But now I don't have that. So I need to be more of a seller than a buyer, and I'm not ready to sell those kind of cards. So I'm not even thinking about that. When I get after 50 months, John, of 1% a month, and I'm down to the last half, then maybe I'll start thinking about that. And I'm a little bit of an analytical researcher guy. So before I would sell even a duplicate Roberto Clemente card, I would think, okay, does this need to be graded? What are the comps or what I want to put on this? I don't just go straight by the comps, but... I would look at the comps and then I would make my decision. And I'm not ready to start doing that because that takes a long time to me to be doing card by card. And so a lot of my comp C work is bulk, if that's understandable. And my eBay stuff is definitely bulk. I need to get rid of some of the bulk, but some of that bulk is not worth 
even one of Roberto Clemente duplicate cards from the 60s, much less the 50s. I'm fine with that. I got you. That's discipline. Even if I wanted to do it, I don't think I could. There's a number of people in the hobby that I've known, and I'm still good friends with them, and their goal is to have all the cards. And I had a fork in the road in 1979, 78 probably, to where am I going to try to get all the cards in the world, or am I going to do price guides? And when I did price guides that really fit my skill set, and I had some great contributors, and it really came together, had a great run, but that took me out of the buying and selling market because I was a very active buyer and seller in the 70s. That's where I built my collection. I basically got all the sets in the 70s. Not from the 70s, but in the 70s, I got all the Gowdies and the Playballs and all that stuff and 52 Tops and all that. So I had everything. And so for whatever reason, I thought the opportunity for doing a price guide is really exciting to me and it's going to take my full attention. And the conflict of interest of me buying the same stuff I'm trying to be objective of what they're really selling for. That's a problem I'm going to avoid. And jumping yeah, back and, into it and, is hard. And we're talking about the national. You've been to everyone. What are things do you enjoy? There's probably three things I do. Four, if you count the dinners. I try to yeah. have kind of thematic dinners. The first couple of nights I do dinners with old friends, the old timers in the industry and the hobby hotline dinner will be a lot of fun. And so I got that going. And in the daytime, when I'm not looking at cards, I'm going to be wandering around and I'm doing two things. One, I'm connecting with people. I might meet some new friends too, but there's some people I like that I only see once a year. I want to do that. And occasionally I'll bump into somebody and say, you know what? I really need to have you on my podcast. But I'm realizing now that's not the time to do the podcast. I'm going to whip out my microphone, even though I have it with me. I'm thinking, let's just schedule it for Zoom next month or whenever. And so I'll do that. So I'm either connecting with them and catching up or saying, hey, let's do a podcast next month. And then the other is just sitting around and still kibitzing and talking to people or just working the boxes. And those are some of my people too, John. I've had a lot of fun sitting there. And if it's by myself, that's okay. But a lot of times somebody will come up and they're curious about what I'm pulling out. And I've got things that I pull. And it's very non-overlapping with what Rich Klein pulls. So that's why he's one of my buddies to be a wingman, or I don't know if I'm his wingman or vice versa, but we pull different stuff. Yeah, and I've been one of those that uh, grabbed the seat next to you. We had a nice chat. I had to get up. You outlasted me. You won that. Uh, do you get people maybe sit next to you and try to pick your brain about, hey, who are you buying or who should I be buying? They might pick my brain, but it shouldn't be about that. Because again, it's yeah. just like you would tell them. I, mean, I can't tell you how to collect, but they can't do it the way I do it. If they say, I want to do it the way you do it, I'm saying, okay, first do a bunch of price guides <laughs> for a few decades. <laughs> So that you know the long tail and you understand the principles of supply and demand and scarcity in the industry. You have to be able to, like Rich says, like we both, when you see something that looks like you haven't seen it for a while or you haven't seen it, it's either it could be a color variation. Hey, that doesn't look right. Or it's an SSP or something. You think that's not the pose I'm used to. Rich is terrific at that. and I'm good, too. But you can't just all of a sudden say, I'm going to do that because you can't look up dollar box cards one at a time. You have to just either say, I'm going to take it or I'm not going to take it. And if you take it, you might have made a mistake. It might be worth less than a dollar. Now, most of them are worth and a plug for the singles club. They're not trying to put cards in there for a quarter that they're selling for a dollar. They're trying to put cards in there that are at least a dollar because that's their reputation. 
that they're good deals. And a few cards they put in there are really good deals. Now, they're not the only ones that do it, but the word would get out. If you're looking through a whole big box, like a double shoe, and you pull out one card and it took you 15 minutes to spend a dollar, but the cards were two fifty. So it's not very exciting. And so you need to pull more and you just need to enjoy the flow of seeing what's there. Now, here's a tip. Okay, when I go up to a new person that I don't know, I might do one row of their box. And if I pull nothing out of it, I probably just keep moving. Just get up and go. In many cases, my banter, such that I have, is with the dealer. It's not necessarily, it could be with you. If you're next sitting there, we'll be talking about stuff. But I mainly buy from people that I like. And after all these years, I know a bunch of them. And so if I thought the singles club guys were jerks, which they're not, they're the opposite of jerks. They're good guys and they aim to please. I've got lots of places to give my business, including no business. I don't need more cards, but I love shopping. I want to go in booths or tables where I like the people and the cards are interesting and the people are interesting. I've had great conversations because I'm there for a few hours sometimes. Yeah. The day I said next to you, I was there probably an hour and I was like, I got to get up. (laughs) Here's the thing. Like we're saying, you got to get up. But if say you're there for an hour or two, are you more tired for sitting for an hour or two than you are walking the floor if there's no carpet for an hour or two? It's pretty similar to me. That's true. So I'm trying to go rotate a little bit, stand up every once in a while, go walk around, then come back. But some of these booths, it's hard to stop because you kind of lose your place. Not that somebody's going to scoop you as much as you just think, I need to finish this. I'm going to, I'm going to do all their football today. And if it's really good, maybe I'll come back tomorrow and do some baseball. Yeah. Um, No doubt we're coming to the national. I look forward to, as always, seeing you in person. 